0: Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 66 of the Still City Insider podcast. And as you can see, if you are watching the podcast today, we have two very special guests with us. And yeah, Jim's here as well, too. Uh, but we want to welcome Alan Fanica, Hall of Famer, Super Bowl winning. Pittsburgh Steeler is with us. Uh, Alan actually had an opportunity to introduce the second round pick of the Steelers. This, uh, this draft, he's going to talk about that here in a little bit. And we also have Craig Wolfley, former Steelers offensive lineman, current color analyst for the Steelers broadcast. And and Craig, well, kind of starting with you. Very exciting that I'm, I'm reading your nephew has been invited to Rookie
2: Minicamp. Um, yes, that off this weekend. Talk to us about that. That's got to be exciting. Well, it is exciting. Uh, the young man is a Maverick Ranger Wolfley. Now, tell me that's not a million dollars. <laughs> I mean, Maverick. Yeah. You know, then Ranger, his grandfather is was Ray Mansfield the old Ranger for the Steelers. So you talk about bloodlines, you know, his dad played at WBU, his other uncle Ron played 10 years in the NFL, you know, and is in, his, in a, a current analyst for the Cardinals. So I mean, there's just a lot of bloodlines going on there. He's a long snapper and we're all excited for him just the opportunity to be able to go in and compete. That's all you want to get as a ball player and he's got that opportunity now. Wow. have you seen him play, Wolf? Yes, I've seen him play before. Um, a- again, long snapper, kind of like a really a Connor Hayward type of guy. He was an H-back, fullback when he played at Akron in West Florida. Um, he's got that sort of, he's got the the, the uh, Wolfley five head instead of four head. So, you know, he's he's built for contact. So uh, I look forward to seeing what this young man does when he has that opportunity to hit the, the, the get-go button there.
1: Well, the name maverick i
2: mean that's uh, the tom cruise character right absolutely you know uh you have to understand um maverick's father well he was a professional bodyguard after he completed his football years right he was on the road with prince with michael bolton with the backstreet boys with lfo um so he named his kids maverick ranger wolfley stone vaughn wolfley uh, Jaden Oz Wolfley and Tally Rain Wolfley. So tell me that's not a rock and roller from the get-go, Jim.
1: Well, his godfather, um, you said godfather, not grandfather, right, Wolf? No, Ray it's, it's
2: Ray Mansfield, his grandfather. Grandfather, okay. Yes, he's married to Kathy Mansfield, who was raised for the Rangers' daughter.
1: You know, I've been, I, I, a couple, about a month ago, I read Andy Russell's first two books. They were great. And Ray Mansfield was a, a big star in those books. Uh, it's quite a quite a life he lived. I, I wish I had some of the notes. Uh, but did you read those books? And, and
2: I haven't read the books, but I got to tell you something. The Ranger was a guy that I just loved to be around because when you when you talk about masterful storytelling, this guy yeah. was ace's man. He was so much fun. You know, just those, sit back and listen.
1: You'll love those stories in that book. Um, and if, uh, I might as well mention it, too, that I read uh, Tunch's book, too. I thought it was fantastic, really well done. And you played a big part in that. You were like Ray Mansfield to Russell. You were uh, 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 the <laughs> Ranger to Tunch.
2: Well, you know what? Tunch and I, our lives were so intertwined, our careers. It was just rather humorous because, as he wrote, you know, we were writing. And, he, and then sometimes it was like, that wasn't you. That was me. No, that wasn't that wasn't me. That was you. You know what I mean? It's just kind of that crazy. but. Regardless, it's always so much fun. I can visualize that argument, Wolf. Yeah, <laughs> that you would know. You would know that because you know you know what Tunch was like, Alan. And by the way, I don't know if I've officially been able to say congratulations on your Hall of Fame career and, and how wonderful it was we all celebrated in Steeler Land when uh, you got that knock on the door, which, by the way, was way over over. I mean, it should have been done so much more and so much earlier.
3: So, no, nah, man, I appreciate that, Wolf. I appreciate it a bunch, man. Just uh, uh, amazing, you know, to kind of put the 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 button at the end of a career like that, and uh, to go out in style right there, right down the road from Pittsburgh with uh, Steeler Nation there, and uh, just being able to enjoy it and uh, right, just really soak it in, man. You know, you don't uh, you don't always get the opportunity to or think about the opportunity to actually, you know, pull someone aside and say thank you and I appreciate you. Uh, you know, oftentimes in life, a lot of times we do that too late, or we miss the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I definitely took that opportunity to uh, to to hug a teammate and tell them what they meant to me, and uh, family is like, and
2: everybody that helped me on my mission to to get up there on that stage. Well, trust me, every fat guy uh, that played offensive line for the Steelers was celebrating with you, brother. <laughs> wow. Appreciate it. Wow.
1: You, you know what? You know what's cool is both of these guys were left guards. And um, uh, not only was Allen number 66 in honor of this episode. <laughs> I think that's the reason we went out and got him originally. But the Joey Porter uh, introduction was fantastic. But Wolf was the uh, 75-year member of the, the left guard, the all-time stealer at left guard.
2: I think they voted that, man, it had to be the year before Allen was drafted or something. Trust me, I can only say this. That both of us played left guard. One decidedly did it better than the other. <laughs> and I don't think there's any question who who that one was. Wow!
1: What year was that you were voted the all-time uh, Steelers left guard?
2: I don't – I'm not even sure. I the think that was around the, the turn of the, the millennia. I think it had to do with the – it was a computer thing and it was a Y2K malfunction.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wow,
0: oh, great stuff! So, from one amazing experience with Maverick getting an opportunity at minicamp this weekend, definitely a name we want to keep uh, keep an eye on. And yes, it is episode sixty six. And and Alan, you had an opportunity to do something really unique, uh, announcing the Steelers' second round draft pick. Can you talk about that experience and how that all went down?
3: Oh man, what what an experience! Uh, you know, I almost uh, wasn't able to to squeeze it in, and I canceled a few things and made it happen um and uh, just a great uh adventure and trip i i brought my son who's uh in sixth grade with me and uh you know we got there and you know i got to do all the behind the scenes stuff and uh he just really enjoyed it you know he he, he was born at, at, at the uh, at the end of my career so he didn't get to enjoy a lot of the fun stuff but um you know going there enjoying it um uh, you know uh, and, and then getting the call uh Joey Porter Jr.'s name uh was the icing on the cake, you know. Uh w- wish it would have happened differently for him. Uh, you know, going in the first round, especially being there. But uh, you know, all night long I was like, man, I, I hope they pull the trigger. I I, I resisted the uh, uh, getting on the phone and, and calling Omar Omar to see uh, see what he was thinking and, and what they were looking <laughs> really on. I know they had a lot going on, man. But uh, I was definitely uh, I mean I was I was so excited when they told me a couple minutes before I went out on stage that uh, he was the pick and and that I was going to get to call him. Man, how, how how cool is that? You know, uh, one of my best teammates, good friend, and, and I get to go up there on stage and, and call out his son's name and welcome him to the family. Uh, you know, it gave me chills.
1: Wow. You know, it was cool. I a couple of things. Um in 98, it was 98 you were drafted first round, right? Yeah. Okay. In 98, I mean they were, they were, they were floundering. They had two, three bad years in a row there. And I I think the drafting of you and Hines, they they got the um the the boulders, the pillars for the next offense, the next Super Bowl offense. And the next year, they got the two defensive pillars, Joey and Aaron Smith. So uh, the fact that you come in, because uh, I, I think this is a rebuilding team, and and I have a, I have a good feeling that good things are coming, and maybe a Super Bowl. So the fact that you were uh, could could announce Peasy is kind of a uh, symbolic of the last shift, and also uh, I, give me your your feelings. I mean, you are here; you are going to kick off the night. I mean, it wasn't just for Steelers fans. It was for the entire NFL. And the players didn't introduce the first round, did they? No, no. So you were the first former player to come out. Well, I, I know you wanted uh, a better player, but <clears throat> were you worried about a trade down and taking away not only your thunder, but the Steelers, Steeler Nation? And, you know, say say it would have been a, that, that corner from Kansas State. I mean, Alan Fanica coming in the middle of the round and announcing a kid from Kansas State doesn't have the same feel as what happened.
3: It doesn't. It doesn't. And that's why I was so excited that it was Joe and it worked out. But, but, you know, really, honestly, going in, I knew the value of the pick. Uh, And then you take away that the Dolphins lost there. So, I mean, it really was the last pick of the first round. Uh, number wise, uh, that had a lot of value. And uh, with the quarterback still on the board, you know, I knew that there was probably a, a strong chance, you know, that they were getting good offers uh, for the for the pick. So uh, really, uh, I I, I, w- I was hoping it was Joey. I was thinking it was going to be uh, Joey Jr. or the trade. And who knows? And then here I am, you know, 10 picks, 20 picks later, and I'm announcing, you know, the, the little guy from from wisconsin or wherever from but uh yeah uh you know it, it was exciting it was exciting you know and, and it's for, as organized and as everything is and uh uh you know they kind of handed me the card and just like went off and i was like all right which way and it's like <laughs> well that way and i'm like okay i'm good and everybody just kind of threw me out there on national tv and i was like i mean it's, it's not <laughs> a hard gig but i mean at the same time i was like all right i got this guys let's uh let, let's go but uh uh, it was re- it was just really exciting to see the behind the scenes, uh, to see uh, uh, kind of the, the movie magic. You know, especially if you sit there and watch. My son wouldn't let me leave. Like we stayed through the entire second round. He wanted to be there for everything and enjoy it. And, and when you sit there behind stage, you can see the picks that they're ahead. And you know, sometimes uh, they're announcing a pick, but there's already two picks. They've already been made. They're already sitting there. They're just waiting for uh, you know TV to catch up to them. So it was interesting. Wow. Wow.
1: That's really cool.
3: Yeah. So the the
0: draft is in the books, but we want to spend some time talking about a particular position, a particular player before we get into the other prospects. And what better way to do that than talking to two Steelers offensive line greats with Allen and Craig and Broderick Jones. They trade up. They snag him at number 14. Would love to hear your take on what he's going to offer in year one. And how does he impact the Steelers
3: this coming season? Yeah. You know, I think, <laughs> yeah. Everybody, everybody at once. Right. Uh, you know, you know, for me, I think he's a young guy and had a lot of, uh, of starts under his belt. So there's definitely going to be a learning curve there. Uh, you know, you, you hope a guy like that gets a lot of those out in uh, mini camps and in training camp. Um, but, you know, I think uh, the sky's the limit
2: for this kid. Uh, when you watch some of the, the tape and what he's put out there, uh, you see why they went and got him. There's a lot of raw material, just as you're saying, Alan. I mean, you look at this young man. I mean, the the fact is he plays – he he actually pass protects like a guard. He really does. I mean, he's capable, I think, of playing any of the positions or competing for anyone, but obviously you bring him in. You know, he hasn't got an awful, awful lot of starts, as you said, but his upward potential, I mean, wow. You look at it and his – ability to block in space to get to the second level to take uh, guys he's a people mover he moves people off the line of scrimmage there's just a lot of good stuff there and if certainly it's going to be a challenge uh you know throwing his hat into the ring and competing just like when you first came in and you get you you, you just got going right away yeah com- completely I think uh I think it's going to be interesting to see how it works
3: out. You know, I think uh, it's going to be the dynamic changes a little bit right there with, you know, the the, the five guys up front. And uh, to see how that all plays out and works out, man, it's the uh, the uh, kind of magical mystery of the offensive line. Right. Wolf, like, you know, just the the plugging people in. And then all of a sudden you hit this magic. People might not be in the right spot or where you think they, they are today. They'll be in a different spot. But that yeah. gives you the best unit.
2: And, uh, you know, you just run with it. And think about it. They bring in a couple of big beef eaters like Herbig and Sulamalu. And you've got uh, already those five guys that came out of the the bye week last week and completely turned around the offensive line play, got the run game going, did everything they needed to do to keep Kenny Pickett on his feet. Um, there's going to be a lot of competition coming up, and I love the way Andy Weidel's going about it. You know, you talking about Steeler football, moving people, being competitive, being able to go on the road and 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 win in the trenches. There, all that sort of stuff, man. It just it warms the heart of fat guys, you know. <laughs> it
3: does, it, <laughs> uh, you know. It doesn't uh, the, the way the NFL goes is going these days in the last few years, right? You know, people don't think it's as uh, as important or as necessary, right? To mano mano move a man against his will uh but i think you see when it comes down to uh cutting time especially end of the year playoff time you still have to be able to do it you still have to be able to move that man and get that yard and get the tough yards
1: you know uh, uh i i do wolf when you said he blocks like a guard he, he moves like a guard too he yeah. gets out in front of space and i don't know how much you need your left tackle doing all of that i'm I know, Alan, you would you would think this guy's going to be stealing money out there at left tackle.
3: <laughs> <laughs> always.
2: They're always stealing out there, man. They're always stealing.
3: He wants to be labeled a left tackle. Oh, get paid more. Wait,
2: wait, wait, wait. Now, you know, I had the unfortunate experience to have to get bumped out to tackle when all the left tackles got hurt, right? So I go out there, and I'm out there because I'm the tallest of the guards, like by half inch. Like, that's really a good thing to have, right? So I go out there. It's like a fist fight in the parking lot out there. I like the close quarter combat inside. So Alan does this years later, comes out, and he comes out of the game, and I'm like going, so what was it like? And he goes, those guys are stealing in pass rush situations. It's easy. I'm like going, oh, yeah, for you maybe, but for some of us lesser, you know, we have a little bit of an issue out there. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, with Skoronsky, they were talking about him being one of the top tackles, and I watched him. And everybody said, "Yeah, he's more of a guard." But I, I didn't see—I didn't see Alan Fanica. I didn't see when he pulled. I just saw a a blocky guy pulling, not not somebody getting out in, in front and and leading uh, as many pulls as you did, and Alan. You did that in college too. That was the big thing at LSU, right?
3: yeah it was it was you know i was uh very fortunate man they put me they put me to use just like pittsburgh did when i got there you know put him to use of and let me do what i do well uh and you know for some reason i've always had just kind of a natural feel and pulling and and finding the hole and and being able to to move in space and you know that's not really a a common trait for a lot of linemen right moving in space where these big huge guys um so you've got to you've got to be able to uh, move and, and keep your eye on your target and uh, kind of be a little nimble on your toes.
1: Well, this guy has played a lot of right tackle in practice. He said his coach made sure he was ready for both sides when he was a reserve. So, where do you see him and how long do you see it taking? He's he's going to turn 22 in like a month.
2: He's not yeah. even got his full man strength yet. Okay? I mean, that's still going to be on the rise for several years to come. So what this young man is able to do, whether it's left tackle, right tackle, or if they even play guard tackle, uh, I I look at him and he still has great length and ability that if he could snap the ball, that he's certainly got the athleticism to be able to do things like that. Um, I say, put him in the mix, just let him compete and see where it goes. That's what it's all about. Alan knows it's about competition. When you have superb competition in the room, you're going to have a rise in the level of all guys across the board and i like i say hey, let them have at it yeah yeah I, i'm right there with wolf right? that that competition in the room it's going to
3: breed greatness you're going to push each other you know everybody in offensive line room we're a brotherhood anyway so uh, it's not like you're going to hurt anybody's feelings or anything like that you know you're just going to push your brother further and he's going to drag you along and pull you with him. uh it, it's going to make the whole room better and you know and the way i look at it uh the better the offensive line is, the better the defensive line is, the the, the secondary, everybody. We do our job. Everybody else can do their job uh, much more efficiently and easily. And, uh, you know, I think those guys are going to get after it. I think they're going to create that competition because it's all there. They Like Wolf said, they've got the group coming back from last year, a couple of people added uh, this year uh, through free agency and the draft. And, you know, there's a lot of guys in there, and they're going to push each other and get better. You're going to see a much better unit out there this year. Hmm.
0: So the Steelers definitely have prioritized bolstering that offensive line through free agency, the interior positions, then adding a tackle here in the draft. But let's talk about the rest of this draft class. Obviously, we hit a little bit on Porter Jr., uh, but Alan Craig, talk to us about the rest of the Steelers draft, the players that were selected, and
2: how you see them contributing in year one. Well, I I just look at a PZ Jr., you know, watching this young man. I just met him at Mel Blunt's roast the other night. The guy is huge. I mean, you'd want to talk about a wingspan. This guy is the condors of defensive backs. Who's you know what I mean, this is wingspan on him. This guy not only can he cover the back shoulder, he can cover simultaneously the front shoulder, back shoulder, and all shoulders in between. For crying out loud, that's a lot of coverage. And if you watch him playing buttball along the sidelines, you know you when you use that 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 sidelines as a twelfth defender, he runs stride for stride. And when he puts those long arms up, that quarterback has to. Arc that ball like I can't even believe to try to drop that one in. Now you got if you got a safety back there, that safety has a shot at it. He's got a shot at I I just I like this kid. His wingspan is really impressive. Is he bigger than Mel? You know what? He is now.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, Mel was always listed at six four,
2: but they didn't have a combine, you know, to get the real size. Trust so me. I would, you know, Mel was Mel was 6'4 back in the day. My yeah. first meeting with him was on a P-39 GO in training camp, and the kid here didn't fare too well. That was a <laughs> lot of man back in the day, I will tell you. Oh,
0: man. So Porter Jr., obviously, how about let's take a look at uh, Keanu Benton and some of the, the later ra- round picks. Your thoughts on those players?
3: Yeah, you know, for me, the the tight end out out, out of Georgia, man. I mean, when they drafted him, the first thing I said, we're setting the edge, right? (laughs) The edge is now officially set. Uh, You know, it'd be interesting to see how they they work him in the packages, how they make that. I mean, he's literally an extra lineman out there. And it's going to cause people trouble because they're going to have to, they're going to still have to, they're going to honor him, but they're still going to have to put some beef in front of him. So uh, it'll be really interesting. It's going to cause a lot of trouble for defenses, I think.
2: Well, I'll say one thing, the Steelers basketball team is going to do great. You got the 6'7", <laughs> in Mount Washington, as Byron would have called them. And then you got 6'8", Zach Gentry. I mean, there's a lot of beef up front there. But just like you said, get the edge, capture the edge, do those things that you need to do. When I first flipped on the film and watched him catch a ball and leap over a safety coming up trying to throttle him, I mean, I the first thing I said was, you got to be kidding me nobody that big should be able to move that well you're you're right Alan you're right on that kid is impressive in every way
1: uh, either of you guys Alan or or wolf uh, are we are we too excited for football an era that's long gone and it really isn't going to be as effective as we're we're excited about setting the edge and all that you know is that going to beat Mahomes and those guys
3: you know you're not you're not going to see it like we used to do it in my day, you know, in, in, in the early 2000s. You're not going to see it as often, but you're going to see it. And it's about when they're able to do it. And it's about, uh, uh, you know, putting a few points on the board and really being able to to wear a team down and doing it and, and forcing their hand on it and, you know, kind of putting your will on those. And I think that's kind of what, what Coach Tomlin wants to get to, right? He wants to impose his will. And he always talks about that, right? So now you got some beef up front. Let's put some points on the board and let's impose our will and see how a a team reacts.
2: You know, Alan's exactly right. It's not going to be the same. I mean, there was more of a bloodletting, a blood sport at at sort of, aspect to it back in the days before the new millennia back in Allen's time. And it's moved on now. And it's really become a, an outdoor version of the indoor stadium game, you know, with uh, you know, running the points up and everything. Because you got some terrific performers at quarterback. You have a faster-paced offense. You have more of an, an emphasis on um, you know, multiple positions, almost pos- position less football that's becoming highly specialized is the way Mike Timelin kind of refers to it is. So there's a lot of different things happening. But in the second half, you see the emphasis coming. When you get a lead, there's a, there's uh, there seems to be more of an emphasis on the physicality of football again. And I hope so because we both love that. That's a huge aspect of the game. I'd hate to see that go away. I'd rather be something that was more of a fistful of you know uh, grab grass and and move a guy and, and get after a type of thing than all the uh, you know running the points up the way uh, I don't know like a, a ping pong, a ping pong machine or something. Pinball. I there. Pinball. I, I I had it. I just had to pull it out. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> so we've got the the draft classes intact. We have undrafted rookie free agents coming into camp. Um, some invitations to minicamp that's happening this weekend. And as former players, what is the importance of of the rookie minicamp, and what is important for these players to establish? And the other side of that is, what are the coaches looking for? I know it's football in shorts, so there's not too much to be gleaned from it. But what what can the coaching
2: staff pull from this event? Alan, you better go with that one, because we didn't have a rookie camp back in that day. <laughs> you, you know, and after a while, I was
3: always trying to get out of it. So um, but, the, you know, for <laughs> me, I think it's a coaching staff. You know, I think you're looking for guys because they're going to be throwing a ton of information at them. They want to see how they adapt, how they learn, how they move, how they take information in a meeting and then go do it out on the field uh that that's what they're going to be looking for especially for the undrafted guys they're going to try and find out uh is this guy somebody that may potentially with a couple weeks of training camp be somebody that we can uh evaluate into maybe possibly making the final roster um so it's really important for those guys i think uh you know as a player coming into it i think it's a really uh valuable lesson of like Welcome to the NFL. All right. This is the, the business. And I know college football has gotten a lot more business businesslike. Um, but this is the first time where you're going to really be in a true setting of uh, learning expectations. You're not the big dog anymore uh, for most guys. And you got to go out there and you got to perform. And you kind of get a little bit of a peek uh, of what's what's expected and, and
2: where where you're supposed to be at that's a great litany of things that need to be accomplished you're exactly right Alan and I really think the emphasis on being able to learn you know back in my day we got our playbook when we walked into the first day of training camp and you just had to hit that that the uh, escalator and, and and go down the, the the whole thing of what the coaches were installing night after night after night you got to keep up and you got to be able to do it because you know opportunities, <laughs> It, it doesn't come around very often, you know, and so when it does, you've got to be ready to grasp that opportunity and certainly being able to have some sort of, like, ability to see and understand what's going on and get comfortable. Part of it is in getting comfortable. If you can just get comfortable, it's it's awkward. You're not in your locker room. You're not with your guys that you've been, uh, you know, with in the last four years. You're It's yeah. a whole different thing, and, and so getting comfortable is part and parcel of the whole deal.
3: I, I say that all the time because I think – You know if you're lucky enough most kids go through their college career with the the same the same head coach and the same coordinators and the same offense and defense minus a couple tweaks here or there so you're in that comfort zone now you're out right now here's a new playbook exactly a new team and go perform at the same level or higher and you've got to adjust and fly on the fly and you've got to you got to figure it out like between the between the end of the meeting room Going downstairs, putting on your cleats, and walking out on the field—you got to figure out how to get it done. Whether it's by yourself, or grabbing a vet, or talking it out with a buddy—you got to figure it all out and get it done. And that's—it's just a different process than all these kids have done for the last two, three, four years. Yeah.
0: So, kind of bringing this thing full circle here with with the rookie class. If there is one uh, draft selection uh, from the Steelers draft this year. That maybe hasn't been getting a, a lot of attention, but he's under the radar, but could make a surprise. Do you, each of you have a player in mind that that you can maybe speak to from that that's going to surprise some people this camp and this preseason?
2: Yeah, I got to go with my nephew, Maverick Ranger Wolfley. <laughs> Let's go, baby! All right, there you, go. you never know what this kid can do. He's got he's got some Wolfley going for him, you know, and you hope that he's he's able to. Uh, Get that uh, the Ranger attitude and and manifest that sort of playing ability from his grandpa. So let's hope it's let's hope it's Maverick. I love the name. I buy the first jersey. <laughs> Wolf, Wolf, you said he's a long snapper, but isn't he also a fullback? He's fullback, H back, a Connor Hayward type. Very, okay. very, yeah, he's he's good in that area. But the main em- em- emphasis, I believe, is going to be on long snapping.
1: Cool. That that that's an edge. Somebody with some football uh, knowledge in that family must have been working with them. Let me the, tell
2: you, I've been I've been catching snaps from him, and and let's just say uh, it, it's a good thing I was not a punter. <laughs> I would have been a very skinny punter.
1: Alan, <laughs> oh, you got a sleeper? Uh,
3: you know, I don't know that I've got a sleeper in the group. You know, uh, obviously, can't wait to see what uh, Joey Jr. is going to go out there and do. I keep saying it's. I, is he come up with some? What are we calling him? Are we? Does he come up with a a name that we're going to go with besides Joey Porter Jr. for the rest of his career?
1: How can you not call him PZ Jr. just out of reaction? PZ Jr.
3: PZ Jr. All right. I I'm really interested to see what what he does and what he brings. Uh, and I, you know, I think he's going to bring a little fire uh, sliding down to number two. And and the O line room, like we've been talking about, like uh, just not not really a sleeper, but just like uh, the dynamic of it and how it works out. Um, Big tight end out there, setting the edge, seeing some interesting things. Uh, it's going to be good stuff to see, I think, in training camp.
1: I, I think I asked you guys, what would you do with this offensive line? Who's going to play where? And that's the job of the coach. I, it's nice to just, hey, you deal with this. Tell us when you're done. You know, give us the names when you're done so we spell them right. But um, my my sleeper, Jeremy, is uh, the uh, the guy who's bigger than Joey Porter. Corey Trice, the seventh round cornerback out of Purdue, he's taller than Joey Porter. Uh, I don't know if he has a longer wingspan, but he has long arms and he has uh, same forty time and better, great agility time. So he could be a real sleeper. They could have a couple of condors out there. Wolf, I looked it up. Uh, uh, the plural of condors is condo. It's a condo of condors. <laughs>
2: oh my goodness! How yeah, about in that? case.
1: In case you need that up in the booth,
2: yeah, that could be something <laughs> I have to tuck away. But certainly, you know, as as Alan was just talking about, and you, you know, I'm look forward to it. Let's face it, the Steelers haven't had the greatest success in drafting of corners of late, and you know, this is an opportunity. And you look at this young man; the bloodlines are there. And I, I'll tell you too, watching him, I love the fact you can see the old man in him when he pulls the trigger on a kill shot. You know, you you can almost imagine Joey doing the same thing you know years ago uh and so it's going to be very interesting to see how that sort of physicality manifests itself in his son because his son is is got all the man he's got all the physical characteristics to uh really do some damage back there
1: you know what's funny is uh, at the combine we saw him and we we didn't know what to expect you know we we remember him from minicamp covering a b and all that stuff but um He was such a pleasant young man at the Combine. And I I, I said, anybody call you Peasy Jr.? He goes, no. I I said, well, it's probably going to happen. He goes, I know. And he smiled again. I said, man, you smile a lot more than your dad ever did. And he he said, (laughs) I'm a lot more like my mom. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's cool. He He shows up downtown. You know, he drove in instead of calling on a conference call after the pick. And he was the 32nd pick. And you couldn't tell him that. 32 people normally in the first round. You're a first-rounder kid. Yeah, he was a second-rounder, and he was, he, was, he was not happy. And then that's when you saw his dad. He wasn't happy. I said, you're more like your dad tonight, aren't you? He goes, yeah, I'm a little pissed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely some fuel and motivation for him as he begins his career as a Pittsburgh Steeler. To close up, uh, I know I nerd out on this, and Jim is probably going to say after, why did you bring up the schedule release? But the Steelers' schedule gets released this Thursday. I know I'll be sitting there with my pen and pencil on my calendar, writing in the dates. Is there anything that you guys look forward to as, as for, uh, former players when the schedule would, would come out? Did that have any impact on you when, when you were playing the games, whether it was primetime or a Sunday night, 1 o'clock game? What did the schedule release mean to you as players? Go ahead, Alan.
3: Yeah, you know, I think you, you look for the buy first, right? When's the buy? <laughs> is, is, is it in the is it in the first uh, you know eight games or something? Because that sucks if it does. Um, and after that, you know, you're, you're looking at uh, at holidays and uh, prime time games. You know, how many games? W- when are we playing the Ravens? You know, how many times uh, is it Monday night or Sunday night? Which one? <laughs> um, you know, you're looking for all the fun games, all the big lineups, national TVs, and stuff. Um, you know, it is fun uh, to kind of uh, visualize it, right? We're always talking about next year, next season, preparing ourselves. And schedule comes out, and there it is. It's right in front of you. There's no
2: more guessing. Kind of puts uh, speeds the clock up just a little bit as a player. You know, I agree with you, Alan. And, and another thing I always looked forward uh, to, to make sure there was no smoking hot, uh, cramp waiting to happen type games. Miami yeah. in the afternoon. Tampa Bay, you know, yeah, Tampa oh, week too, yeah. yeah they you, know what I mean? those, you know, I mean, those you're like, oh, please, you know. And then, of course, you know, I look at this year's schedule and look at the frequent flyer miles uh you could rack up here. I mean, we're going to Seattle, going to L.A., going to Vegas, going to Houston. There's going to be a lot for the guys. I mean, that's that's a long lot, a lot of flying miles there.
0: Yeah. Well, the 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 draft, minicamp, the schedule release, it all means one thing, and that's that we are one step closer to football, to training camp, and Steelers football is definitely going to be a lot of fun in 2023. Craig, Allen, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show real fast before we close out. Um, you guys want to plug any current projects or things that, that you're working on?
3: I'm not plugging anything today. I'm here for you guys.
2: All right, I'll plug something. <laughs> I just dropped another another uh audio book or a chapter on uh Wolfcast on Steelers.com and on Craig uh CraigWolfley.com got some new stuff but anyhow thanks for having me. Awesome. Jim, do
1: uh, you want to say to wrap up here? Well, just to thank these guys, they were awesome. It was nice talking uh, listening uh for a change. Uh, it was uh you know, having these experts on the offensive line because that's kind of like the era we're, we're entering this offensive line and this offense uh, with Najee Harris and Kenny Pickett's a, an accurate quarterback. I, I I really, I'm excited. I, I really think this is uh, the start of a new era. And uh, just like uh, when Alan Fanick was drafted in 98 and then Porter in 99, I, I think Alan uh, uh, announcing the pick of Porter was symbolic of that same kind of thing happening. I, I really feel excited about this. Uh, uh, as far as selling stuff, uh, greater fe- Greater Pittsburgh Festival of Books this weekend uh, I'll be down there signing I, I wish I-, I I could tell you The address is at a temple with a marketplace I hope I don't I hope it doesn't Get biblical on me uh, But uh, I will be a vendor in, in the temple marketplace selling my book And signing so come on down And that
0: book is linked in the show notes If you want to buy it online just click the link Jim will personalize it for you um, On the clock Pittsburgh Steelers at the draft yep. Make sure you check that out So it's going to be the return of Bully Ball in 2023 We're about to get physical Very exciting Craig, Allen, thank you so much for joining us Where else are you going to find a Steelers podcast With these two greats Only here on the Steel City Insider Be sure to check us out next week for episode 67 And gentlemen
2: Great talking Steelers football with you today Good talking guys Good talking. Thanks, guys. Good to see you, Alan. Good to see you, to see you guys. Thanks for having me.